Welcome to Mindfully Integrative Podcast with your host, Dr. Damaris G. Mindfully Integrative is a podcast discussing ways toward mindfully incorporating integrative health into our lives. This podcast will have informative resources, fun topics, interviews, and discussions relatable for today with a true mindful perspective in a mind-body holistic life approach. Hello. This is Dr. Damaris Maria Grossman, and thank you again for joining in on the Mindfully Integrative podcast. And I just wanted to let you know of our upcoming events and things. So if you want to know and reach out, our resources and our membership is opening soon. So check out mindfullyintegrative.com for more fun and more info. Thanks so much and talk with you soon. Hi, how are you? This is Dr. Damaris Maria Grossman, and this is the Mindfully Integrative Show. So today's mindful chat is with Clint Davis. He's a licensed professional counselor. He's an army veteran, family man, marriage counselor, and much more. And I really am excited to have him on the show because I want you guys to learn a little bit about him and what he's doing for society and in the integrative health space, shall I say, but for much. So please um, say hi and what's up to Clint Davis. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really glad that you took the time and you had some moments. I know that everybody's time is very precious. So um, as I tell people, kind of what's a little fun fact or something that people don't know about you? <clears throat> don't know about me? Uh, that's a hard one. I'm a pretty open book with a lot of things. But uh, I would say for your listeners, probably, um, and I talk about it on a lot of my podcasts, but I love jujitsu. So that's something that I do that, you know, a lot of people don't assume therapists do. So self-defense, jujitsu. Um, well, you're a veteran, sorry, you're army. So you got to be tough. That's right. Yeah. So that's that would be a fun fact. Um, yeah. Do you do um, jujitsu with your family? You have kids or? Um, I have two kids. Yeah. Two boys. Yeah, do, you, um, do they do uh, it also? We do at the at the house. And then my oldest um, has come to class a few times. It's just trying to squeeze it in between violin and soccer. And so right Aww. now it's just not going to be that season where we're able to show up to class very often. But we we do. We, we do a lot of stuff at home and just play around and have fun That's with cool. it and wrestle. And yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's nice to get like another avenue of uh, outlet. So that sounds fun. But, Absolutely. He does violin too. Do you do violin also? I do not. No, no. I, I, I sing. I sing for fun in the shower, but other than that, I don't play any instruments. Yeah, he he started violin about two years ago, and he's my oldest. He's really good at it. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm not musically inclined either. My husband no. is, but not so me. Yeah, my wife helps, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm love to kind of dive into your journey. Um, I call it integrative health, but really kind of your transition from just the traditional thought and, you know, as a licensed counselor and where you've come along the way. Um, if you'd like to kind of um, dive into that, either your path, like where your past started and how you got to where you are. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm from a really small town in Louisiana, um, kind of all white community, real poor, um, typical kind of Southern. Um, and my mom was always uh, worked at the Baptist Convention, which is the Louisiana Baptist Convention here in Louisiana. So I was always plugged into church. Um, I, I'm the oldest. And so um, my parents divorced when I was about eight. And so I just always felt like kind of holding it together, trying to figure people out, trying to hold the family together. And so um, 
as I grew up in high school, people would come to me, you know, with their dating problems or their issues. And I, I don't know, I just always had the personality to try to meet with people and talk and try to help them. And um, I was always very sensitive. And and that led to me joining the military, as we talked about before, where, you know, I was on. And and uh, uh, second week of basic training was 9-11. And then two weeks after that, or two years after that, I did Afghanistan. And then um, I was in the Superdome for Hurricane Katrina. I think and we were so in I, at the same time. I, yeah. We both were enjoying that fun, fun military year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those six years were something else in our country and just yeah. happened to sign up. And so I know pleasure. I feel like I was in the same time. I'm like, Oh, we were in the same time. It's fun time. Fun time. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so I had PTSD from that, uh, a lot of trauma. And it, what revealed to me was that I had trauma before that, right. I had all this childhood stuff going on and, um, and so I started getting into counseling and it just really fit with everything that I wanted to do. And so after I got some healing, I was like, I really want to go back. So I went to Fuller Theological Seminary in California and Los Angeles. Um, and I loved that. Came back to Louisiana, back to my hometown or home and uh, ended up in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where I'm at now. And to be honest, the, the integrative part was understanding and seeing people as a whole person, their mind, their body, their spirit. Um, we weren't really, you know, as psychologists and therapists, you're not really trained a lot to ask spiritual questions and to ask, you know, kind of a belief system questions. And as I got trained in trauma, I was confused because um, you're talking about getting to the root of things when you're looking at trauma. And mm-hmm. yet so many people's beliefs shape their thoughts and feelings, which shape their actions. And what I found was that so much psychology and church and everything and religion was so heavy focused on behavior modification. And so that was my first, like, wait a second. The, the thing that helped me in therapy was getting to my roots about what do I believe about God and myself and other people and really dig into the, the deep stuff, not treating the symptoms, although the, you know, the symptoms get treated. Um, and then we had Grady, who's my oldest. And so I was doing therapy and, and doing work and doing trauma therapy. Well, he had what's called FPIs, uh, food protein induced intercolitis syndrome. And so he had really bad, um, allergy, food allergies. And so he would eat something at six months old and, and go and start vomiting for about four hours and go into shock. Oh. And he did that a couple of times. He almost died. And so we started having to fi- try to figure out what was going on. And, and that opened, my wife had, uh, had done natural birthing. And so we went through this Bradley method and that was my first really like, Oh, the medical profession do- treats everything like a symptom and not necessarily like a natural thing that's supposed to happen. And, and so mm-hmm. then when we had when we had Grady, um, we were trying to play, you know, backpedal from what the, all the things we had been doing. And, and it was just, there was no help. And so we would go, you know, three hours to Dallas and do food trials and try to figure it out. And so that's when we started doing craniosacral therapy and started looking to some other more integrative, more core treating health options. And, and so as I was starting my private practice, I was like, oh man, we, we definitely need to do this for people. Like people have miscarriages and then the doctors don't check on their mental health. You know, people have food allergies. Not one, one, not, not one time in the two years that we were searching for help, having anxiety, having panic, having depression, mm-hmm. sleepless nights, fearful for our kid, hypervigilant for him, you know, going to eat something and get something somewhere and die. Not one time did anybody ask me if I wanted counseling. And so I was just like, man, this is just everything so siloed and so segregated. And so as we built up the practice, I was like, just meeting with doctors and like, hey, do you want to be a part of our team and somebody who I can train you in trauma 
And you can be more trauma informed in your room and trauma responsive in your room. And then that'll give you a lens to be able to see that person holistically. And also from a, for me, from a Christian perspective, love them, see them as made in the image of God. And then that way you could, you could maybe advocate for them to go to therapy. And you, if they had a miscarriage, you could ask about their depression or their anxiety because you would understand where it came from. And so then a chiropractor and a doctor and a pediatrician and dietitians. And so we have, you know, multiple of these people uh, on our team and in our offices so that our therapists can refer back and forth and we can see the person as a whole person. And so that that's the short of it. Oh, I love it. I mean, that's, that's so beautifully um, I'm, that one, you came up to realize that there was a change one because your family um, and then, then too, cause you now are incorporating it within your office and trying to like see these other, you're, you're connecting the dots that aren't always there. So you're going this doctor and that doctor and saying, Hey, why don't we have the conversation instead of them looking at an EHR, right? Like right. trying to say, you know what I mean? Instead of it's like, all right, well, I'll go see the cardiologist and all right. And, but Hey, maybe there's something else going on. And I, I had like a, just a small tidbit of what you're doing with your son. I mean, my husband, my son didn't have that extreme illness, but he had a really bad eczema and I had to change his, Oh yeah. I had to change my pediatrician because um, the pediatrician didn't understand that what we were putting, like he had a severe dairy allergy and a soy allergy, you know, like the allergy was significant that it, it would mess his neuro neurodevelopment. And we're, and I had to go to a completely different doctor because they, you know, if you're not going to someone that gets it, you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Because they, they don't intentionally shame you, but what they end up doing by not understanding trauma and not understanding how the brain and the body works for the people who are going through this stuff is that they invalidate you, which then just makes the whole thing worse. You know, it's kind of medical gaslighting, you know, it's just, so sad. Oh no, you're not, you know, it's just a belly ache. Oh, it's just, it's just normal rashes. It's just normal. This, you know, or what are you not doing? You know, what are you not doing right. And yeah. then like taking the blame, blaming and I I'm listening to your story and I go, Oh, that's, I don't know. This little passion project show just came. I think it was like, I got to talk to people that have, have been, they have, cause I feel like everybody has like some story that changes oh, their yeah. view. And I'm like, you got it. So it was your son. And then also probably for you, your trauma. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, that's the Lord has been very good in, in making, you know, uh, beauty from ashes, you know, using, my childhood sexual abuse or my childhood trauma or divorce or, you know, verbal abuse or whatever I've been through war, mm -hmm. you know, to help me do therapy, recover from that, make it make sense and be able to kind of, you know, share that with other people and, and, um, and support one another. And for whatever reason, not be afraid to, you know, kind of talk about those things in the open, talk about mental health, talk about, um, our struggles, because we all have them. And so many of us just feel so burdened and chained down by feeling alone and isolated. And I'm the only one with this thing. And, and unfortunately, as you know, if you're not integrative, then that's what the systems do. They yeah. keep you in this little box and they, they move you to another box and that person sees you in that box. And, and that's not how God sees people. He sees them as a whole and, and as a whole being mind, body, and soul. And so I see that movement in America. Thank goodness. I see there's people like you and people out there that are, um, that are working hard to, to help people tell their stories and to be able to give people hope. So it's super encouraging. I, I appreciate like talking with you. Cause I, what I like is what I, or what I'm hearing is you're saying that um, not putting people in boxes. And I would love more of the conversation with all providers or parents or family members 
to be able to feel comfortable saying, well, what else can we do? What are other, what's the whole, like, what's the whole picture here without the ego or the, you know, the negativity, you know, and, um, and that conversation is so important. Um, I know that you don't just, just do, you know, counseling. I know you've done trauma and you said you have many certifications. Would you like to talk a little bit more about what you're doing um, that you've done with your therapies? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, we do. I'll just kind of go through what we do. Um, I'm I'm a certified sex addiction therapist, which is a CSAT. And so if we look at the last 10 years of what's going on in our society between social media, technology, and just advances in culture, you know, the, you know, I use the church as an example a lot, but if, if 15 years ago, you did a Bible study with 10 women or 10 men, the statistics in that group would be very low for addiction, for depression, for anxiety. There'd be people that had clinical issues, mm-hmm. but it'd be two out of two out of 10. And if you do a group of any kind now, and you have 15 women in there, 12 of them are going to have clinical anxiety. And if you do a, a group with men, 75% of them are going to be addicted to pornography. And, and those are the stats that we see. And so the problem is, is that we've, we've been doing the same thing, the same way of treating, the same way of teaching, the same way of, of forever, but the world has drastically shifted in the last decade and we just haven't mm-hmm. caught up. And so one of the things I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time doing is educating parents on how to protect their kids, their 10 and unders, especially from sexual abuse. I mean, one in three women and one in five men is sexually abused by 18. Mm. You know, that's a devastating statistic, huge amount. And so when we look at the children and we look at their statistics and that they, you know, the average child used pornography before nine, before puberty, and they're not just looking at porn, they're looking at very, very aggressive, violent things. If we look at, you know, they're, these children are coming out of a house of divorce. And so they have that trauma. They have, you know, they have this whole host of things that we didn't have 15 years ago, ravaging our my thing is prevention. Like how do we support each other as a community and educate parents on parenting and on protection from technology and protection from abuse and these things. If we know they're happening at a staggering number, then we need to be attacking how it's happening. And so that's what I spend a lot of time doing. You know, we have, I have my own podcast called asking why with Clint Davis. And the goal of it is to get down to the root answers of different subjects. So if we talk about human trafficking or we talk about parenting or we talk about marriage like, let's really talk about it from a practical perspective. Let's use the, the best parts of psychology and the best parts of theology and really get down to how can we change this and how can we prevent this for the next generation? And so that's one of my biggest passions. And what we're doing is just teaching and educating. And um, I have a talk tonight, a parenting seminar for for parents, uh, zero to 10 year old, you know, kid with zero to 10 year old kids. And, you know, I just really enjoy doing that stuff. Um and then we're all trained in EMDR. So we do eye, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So that's kind of a trauma tool that we use. And the newest thing, which I haven't really announced, but I'll say it on here. We, uh, I'm getting certified right now in equine therapy. So we work with horses um, to incorporate horses into trauma and recovery. I've done a lot of that work myself personally. And um, so I've hired a, a therapist to come in and kind of run that program. Um, and then two or three of us are going to help kind of launch that program. So we that's hope to use amazing. that as a way. Yeah. I went to one for myself too, with, uh, for trauma, like, uh, you know, military too. And, oh, it was so, I mean, I didn't know how much the horses feel us. Uh I I mean, I went for me. Yeah. It was for me. I didn't, I've been, and I was just like, whoa, 
but I'm a big animal. Like I'm a, like I'm very sense animal sensitive. So it was, I loved it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's, that's a really, uh, I didn't realize how, how, how they just are, they, they feel us. Yeah, definitely. If anybody's interested, they should Google equine therapy and kind of look it up. And the last thing I would say is that I'm, I'm also the director of recovery for a ministry called the hub urban ministry. And so we have the love well, which is, um, for poverty. So men and women in poverty and children in poverty. So we have a place where they come and they eat and they take classes and they can get education and they can get, you know, free things, but they have a card that they earn points on that gets them to be able to do those things. And then we have purchase not for sale, which is to help women and, and families out of human trafficking. So we partner with local law enforcement, the FBI, and we have a program that I help write um, that lets these women go through a year program where they get counseling, they get recovery, they get, um, you know, all the support and meds and things they need to then be able to get it. And then the next year is them getting a job and getting equipped with those things. And, and so uh, my practice uh, helps with that counseling needs Amazing. and that support too. You're really busy. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that word, you know, uh, busy know in a good remember. way though. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. busy, you're right. I, you are very um, active and uh, doing all these like, active. That's, a good, that's a good way. Like, nonprofit per profit. That's there's so much wonderful work that you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the Lord. Um, like I said, I, I feel very blessed in the sense of getting to use my story and, and my experiences to, to shape for good things instead of what they were doing in my life, which is shape for bad. I mean, I went through, you know, four or five years of drinking and drugging and women and porn and all the things, not knowing that, you know, those were all just coping mechanisms to cover up my pain. And, and I think once, I realized, you know, that God loved me unconditionally and was there for me and that um, so were other people in my life. That's where I really found that freedom to go, hey, let's let's not be ashamed. Let's let's stand in and tell this story and, and give people hope. So I think that's amazing. Do you have um, an inspiring quote or um, mindful way that you want to I would say mindful way, but a, a tip that you want to share with the audience? Yeah. Um, I think what people really have to do is, is like I said earlier, they, we have to all realize if you're listening to this, you know, that you got to get underneath your thoughts and feelings and really get to your beliefs. And so your beliefs are things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not pretty. You know, uh, this always happens to me. I'm a failure. I'm broken. And what I like to do is, uh, you know, my two are, I'm not, I'm not good enough and I'm unknown. And so for me, I go into scripture, I go into whatever truth is out there for people. And I, and I, I write that down and I write next to it. What's true, because if you're a human being, you have intrinsic worth and value. You're, you're secure in, in God's care. There's nothing you can do to lose that. There's nothing you can do to earn that. That's just a truth. And so anything that says you're bad, you're not good. You're not worthy is a lie. And so what happens is I, I use this example uh, Monday with some teenagers I was talking to, you know, people take about 15 teenagers, take about 15 pictures of themselves before they post one, right. Before they find the right one. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that it's not that we, we take that long. It's that 14 times out of 15, we said, you're not enough. So every picture that we look at, we light up that neuro pathway of I'm not enough of shame of dopamine of, of negativity in our brains. And wow. then we post one picture. And so what I would challenge people mindfully is 
hold your thoughts captive, you know, but you have to know what your thoughts and your beliefs are. So you can't fight the core and rewrite your story if you're not willing to lay and look and go, okay, man, I really say these horrible things to myself. And what you'll come to find is really it's only two or three things that you say to yourself in all the content. So it could be about sex or money or parenting or, or career, but you're going to say those one or two, three negative things in all those areas, which is amazing to be able to capture those. Like I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy, you know, and then really laser focus in on those every day. You know, what about that? Do I, why do I believe that's true? Where did that come from? Where's the first time I heard that? Mm-hmm. And then have other people in your life speak against that. Say, hey, I'm I'm really feeling not good enough, or hey, mom, I'm really feeling ugly, and and then you have God telling you that you're not ugly. You have your mom telling you, your friends telling you, and then you have to tell it to yourself. And what that does is, instead of building up that negative neuropathway, you're building up that positive neuropathway, and your automatic response starts to be when someone posts something or says something or has conflict, it doesn't start to affect your worth and value and identity. It starts to say something about their unhealth. And the healthier you get when somebody's being unhealthy, instead of being offended by that, you go, man, this person's in pain. It has nothing to do with me. So how can I love that person? Because they obviously don't love themselves. And and the cycle starts the other direction. Now, I'm not saying that's a perfect thing, but you start to be able to do the right thing seven out of 10 times instead of two out of 10 times. But the fact that you're having the conversation of you're looking at something and, and I mean, you just think about it, that negative thought, it's just like, oh, that person posted that. Oh, that that's so me. And sometimes you're just like, how do I change that pattern? You know? And you have to stop and you have to get past the thought into what do I believe about myself, about God and about other people. And if you don't identify those things, then you're just in a loop of behavior modification. So you white knuckle it for a while and you do good. But the moment there's a conflict, it brings you back to that five-year-old self or that 10-year-old self when that thing happened that you've never really dealt with or repaired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I could not agree more. Changing the patterns is so important. Yeah. I would love to know how we can get to reach you in your office, on your website, or in such. How can those listening and those watching get a hold of you, Clint? Yeah, um, you could go to our website. It's www.clintdaviscounseling.com. Um, and you can find all of our therapists on there. You can book a speaker. I go all over the country talking about all these things. Um, you can go to any really, however you get your podcast, whether it's YouTube or iTunes, or if you have an, uh, Android product, it's asking why with clintdavis.com or not.com, but just asking why with Clint Davis, um, is the podcast. So however you get your podcast, that would be on there. And we're about 50 episodes in and we cover a lot of topics like we're talking about today. And I have guest speakers in. I'd love to have you on it one day. Um, sure. I love the reciprocation of like kind of getting to go back and forth and tell each other stories. That's really important to me. Um, so those are the main things. If you want to email me at clintdaviscounseling at gmail.com, that's another way. And then we have Facebook and Instagram. So you can go to oh. Clint Davis Counseling. Yeah, I'm, I will definitely have all your notes in the in the show notes. I'll have your information. But if there was anything uh, recently coming up in the next couple months or so, or if there... Um, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, we do a podcast every Wednesday that launches awesome. on Friday. Um, I had Dr. Caroline Leaf on last last week, which was a really, uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but she does a lot of neuropsychology stuff and she was great. Um, so if people want to look to that and, and sometimes I'll branch off and kind of 
do a little talk. I did the night, dark night of the soul last week. So just talking people through what it's like when we really hit that darkness and that wall and that depression and how they can get out of it. So, um, great. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for, you know, putting on that podcast and for also just touching others lives and trying to incorporate a different way of thinking so that they can do better in all of your areas of therapy. Um, thanks again for being on the show. And I know that those listening, um, are appreciative and will reach out to you in some manner and we'll be listening and hope guide them in in a good and more positive direction. So I wanted to say for those listening and thank you, Clint, for coming on the show today. Absolutely. And those on the show, um, make sure each day you have a mindful way. Thanks again for coming on, Clint. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Mindfully Integrative with Dr. Damaris G. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed our show, support us by leaving a mindful review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite streaming site. If you would like to be a guest of our show or interview, email us at info at damarismaria.com. If you want to learn more about the resources mentioned in the podcast, you can find those in the show notes. To connect mindfully with Dr. Damaris G., reach her at www.damarismaria.com or connect via social media links. We appreciate your time connecting here with us. May your strength and peace within bring you more balance every day. Namaste.